Given what happened in mini yesterday, what do you prefer for a hockey game? High scoring, low scoring, or both? I think I prefer both. I don't want to see every game the same every night. I hated the traffic era of hockey. There were far too many coaches that couldn't coach back then. And I love the third period of Minnesota yesterday. I'm not on the coaching staff of either team, but it was incredible. It was very entertaining. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. It is Happy Hump Day. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the RP Show. It is episode number 1185 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. I've got everything at my fingertips that I need here, I think, for the next two hours. Coming at you live on Game Plus Television, on the radio, your southern home of sports and talk, WQEE Atlanta, and the streams. And let's bring in Darren Moose DuPont. I've got a lot to get to. I'm just allowing everybody to get settled in, Darren, buckled in before I get to the real good, juicy stuff. Not that it's anything wild, but just everything that goes on is, seems to be juicy in our lives. Uh, so I'm going to tell some stories today. David William Naylor is going to be joining us, the football insider from TSN. For the American viewers, that's Canada's ESPN. And we will continue, I will tell you this, to be the golden corral of sports talk because I really feel like we have a little bit of everything uh, to please your palate today. So as we set sail here just afternoon in the East, what's up with you? What's up with you, Governor? How's your day been? It, day's going great, man. Day's going great. Got uh, things are humming. And um, yeah, excited to be on. It's a good day. Okay, uh, guys, your microphone ain't working. So maybe, I mean, I hear you, but it's coming through your laptop. It's like a condenser mic or something. That's what I think. What do you think, Clark? What do you think? It's not booming in like you... Ah! Jordan says everything's fine. Don't touch a blinking thing. Must be me. <laughs> Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? And we'll let it rip. Uh, thank you. I... I just want to send a shout out to my guy, Brent Woltman. I saw him last night at the Panthers game. This is the shirt that he gave me, Weekend Agenda. That's the name of his boat. And uh, he presented me with this on the weekend when we went to Tampa Bay uh, on the weekend. That's us catching that 40-pound sailfish. That's a little bit of the cool. line there in the corner. So that's a good guy. Brent Woltman is a very good guy. I just want to point that. It was Serena's idea to show the shirt here today. And I'll say this. Last night at the Panthers game, which I'm going to get into here right away, and indeed, the text line's open, 902-518-3033 for sober carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. I couldn't believe it was our first game back in the Merritt Bank Arena after that roadie for the Panthers last week. And uh, everybody was like, did you enjoy Tampa? Did you enjoy the game? What did you think of Tampa? What did you think? So you saw Phil Esposito. What was that like? It's just, they're so nice. I swear, it's, it's a Florida thing. It's a vibe. And I'm sure you felt it when you were down here, Darren. Just everybody cares, everybody's nice, and I like that. Now, having said that, the big story is a little different for everybody, I think, today. I'm not sure if it'll even be yours. Although I think hockey is your big story with the Leafs playing tonight. But last night, Anton Lundell scored 136 into overtime, and the Florida Panthers beat the Ottawa Senators 3-2 to jump over the Idle Bruins and into the top spot in the NHL's Eastern Conference. Aaron Ekblad... I guess they call him Eki. And Brandon Montour also scored while Bob made 28 saves in the Panthers' sixth straight victory. What did I say yesterday? There's no team in the NHL that's just mulching everybody other than the Florida Panthers. The top five teams change almost by the day, but what's constant is the Florida Panthers. 
I'm just going to rattle off a few other games from last night, Darren, and I'll get your take on all these things. In Denver, Ryan Johansson broke out of a scoring slump with two goals. Alex Gorgiev stopped 24 shots in Colorado beat NHL leading Vancouver 3-1. It was the Canucks' third straight loss, and it's their longest losing streak of the season. Fire the coach? Am I doing that right? In Winnipeg, Gabriel Velarde scored twice and added an assist to lift the Jets to a 6-3 victory over Minnesota, ending the wild six-game point streak. Kyle Connor had a goal and a pair of assists, while Mason Appleton, Sean Monaghan, and Nino Niederreiter also scored for the Jets, who rebounded from a 6-3 Monday loss at the Flames. How about I got a lot more Jets, lot more Jets talk coming up in the second point here, but just realistically. Who do we see in the Stanley Cup final? It's bothering me. I, I guess we, we never saw Florida coming out of nowhere last year, but we did kind of see Vegas, I think, winning the West. Um, as we sit here today, there's no wrong answer. Who, do you, who are you feeling you're going to be in the Stanley Cup final? I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm really in a moment in the, in the season where – and nobody's really separating themselves. You look in the Western Conference, yeah, and you look at you know Winnipeg up and down, but they're you know mostly up. Um, Colorado, Vegas has kind of been weirdly inconsistent lately too. Edmonton's done their thing. There are a lot of teams who could be in the Stanley Cup final. Um, you gotta like Florida's chances right now in the East, playing as well as they are. But the Rangers are playing well. There's other teams that are playing good hockey. I think it's as wide open today as I remember it being in quite some time. Uh, we save, well, we do have football coming up on our quick six show topics here, but we save football largely for Fridays because I had my guy Vaughn, my childhood buddy in the Calgary area. He texted me yesterday. He's like, thank you for all the hockey talk. It's my favorite sport. I said, we're going to talk about what's hot. I'm not doing it just for you. But thank you, Vaughn, who I nicknamed Buford back in the day. Thank you, Buf. Yeah, but we enjoy the hockey, too. Uh, I appreciate that. But I, I, I go back to what Scott Laughlin said on NHL radio the other day. He's like, uh, I checked with the NHL, and uh, there will only be one Stanley Cup champion in June. <laughs> you literally have about 10 teams who legitimately their fan bases and the teams themselves think they could win the Stanley Cup. But only one will. And I kind of sit here and look at the Flames, and I'm a little infuriated on behalf of their fans. Because it's like, whether they get in the playoffs or not, which incidentally today I was listening to Laughlin and Gordy Stellick, and they said the GMs and probably some owners are looking at just getting in, making a, a trade or two to just get in, whether it's the Blues or the Flames or whatever. You're not in the stratosphere of the Avalanche and the Golden Knights, and for that matter, dare I say, the Leafs. Get no business thinking you're going to go to the Stanley Cup final if you're the Calgary Flames. Or do you? Because the Panthers snuck in on the last weekend last year, and they talked about the L.A. Kings, you know, firing their coach and getting in an eighth and winning the Stanley Cup. So your thoughts on all of that? Yeah, it's just like, you know, you have no business being in the same conversation. You don't belong in, a, in the conversation of cup contenders. But then... Uh, you know, an eight seed goes to the cup final, and what do we know, right, at the end of the day? I mean, I guess getting in is important. You, you, you know, fans hate the term rebuild. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be, you're not selling tickets when you're losing, 
So getting into the playoffs can sell tickets. And I think in the business side of it, you almost, I hate to say it, but some owners or some, you know, on the business side care more about that than actually winning because it doesn't change the revenue all that much. Just get in the playoffs, get some home games. And that's not the right way to go about thinking. But uh, yeah, it's tough. The ones who do well seem for the most part, for the most part, seem to bottom out and start that way. Oh, buddy. I think it was on, I can't remember what channel it was. I watch so much sports and listen to so much sports, as do you. But I heard this this morning. It was a female commentator said the owners, and I think it was specifically the NFL, but all owners are the same. The owners are trying to take back their teams. There's a movement afoot for the owners to take back their teams. Uh, They've talked about Robert Kraft, you know, saying goodbye to Bill Belichick. It's more, I want to control this team now. And they named a few other teams. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) Why would you do that? Belichick won you six Super Bowls, you know, and throw Tom Brady in there too. But but that's the owners. Will you talk about how they want to get in and get some home playoff dates and make a little money? If they could get the greedy blinders off, if they did the teardown and the rebuild and did it right and you win championships, you'll make Mondo more money. Do you think Stan Kroenke, who's won a Super Bowl with the Rams, a Stanley Cup with the Avalanche, an NLL trophy with the Colorado Mammoth, I think a European soccer trophy, do you think he knows anything about any of these sports? I don't know, Stan Kroenke, but I feel like he probably just gets out of the way and lets the people like Joe Sackick and Sean McVay and these guys run their teams. But as soon as I heard today, there's a movement afoot for the owners to take back their teams. Great. By the way, as I open the, the, yeah, go ahead, go. Well, it's tough. I think about, I don't know if this is the right analogy. This is your world, the recovery world. But, you, you know, you talk about the, you know, the phrase rock bottom comes, comes up a lot, you know, in those conversations. And it's like rock bottom starts the self-awareness to grow and get back to, you know, it, it often doesn't seem like it works that, oh, yeah, I can just, pull myself out of the ditch with no help and I can be fine and I'll, you know, be fine. I'll, I'll cut back to, you know, just a few beers a day. That's what it feels like the conversation is of, oh, we'll just get into the playoffs. We'll just hang out here and eventually we'll, we'll break through and win with no assets, no top draft picks, no real foundation of a good hockey team. The good hockey teams start with good high draft picks, good development, good management, right? All the things that work. Actually, it's amazing you say that because the recovery world is very similar to the sports world and obviously life. But um, there's the rock bottom and there's the people that learn from that. And then your rock bottom can be a trampoline. You can bounce back higher than you've ever been before. It's what happened with me. Or you can do those which there are more people like this that just keeps getting along the bottom. You hit that rock bottom and you just stay there. Maybe you go lower, but you just keep. And I see more of that. So, yeah, it's exactly like that with sports. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. By the way, I've opened the text line, 902-518-3033. And Joel in Estrahazy wrote in regarding yesterday's poll question. And the question was, what do you prefer, a high-scoring hockey game, a low-scoring hockey game, or both? Joel writes in and says, as a goalie parent, I like high-scoring for our team and low for the other team. Like 6-1 or 7-0 for us. No wrong answer. By the way, what won the poll was a high-scoring game. 
and I get it, but I don't like those games. And you know the coaches don't like those games either because it means a goalie's crap on the bed. It's, it, there's a mistakes all over the ice, and I don't like that. But that's just me. I'm a purist. Now, moving on. That was only point one. I don't feel like we've solved who's going to be in the Stanley Cup final here today. But point, it might be the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck was content to let the process of his hockey future unfold or un, sorry, organically this summer. Coming off a season that featured personal success coupled with uneven results for his Jets, there were plenty of moving parts for the star goaltender to consider. But the 30-year-old clearly liked what he saw in the offseason. Head coach Rick Bonus said that Hellebuck was very pleased. He wanted to make sure that we were invested in winning the Stanley Cup. The 2020 Vezina Trophy winner is the NHL's top netminder had seen enough. Both he and Mark Shifley, the team's number one center, would subsequently sign matching seven-year, $59.5 million agreements on the eve of the regular season, tying the pair to Manitoba's capital through 2031. Hellebuck said, quote, it was very important for us to get that out of the way. You don't want to be here answering questions about the deadline and all year answering questions about where we think we might be. Those contracts were a stamp on Winnipeg trying to win it, and then we have seven more years of trying to win it. I almost wonder, Winnipeg is our number two city for viewership, So, but I've never lived there for a day. I'm wondering how they're dealing with the success and the fact that even if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, they know they're going to probably be in contention until 2031. That's got to feel warm and tingly. Should feel think. great. Should feel great. Yeah. And if you're in the management department trying to recruit draft picks, uh, sign free agents, I would take that interview and those quotes and I would put it into posters on the wall. I would put it into all my marketing brochures because what's the knock? The knock has always been people don't want to play in Winnipeg. You know, it's a, there's not much going on in Winnipeg. It's cold. You know, it's not a big city. It's not on the ocean. It's not in a warm place. It's not, you know, these other cities. And it's like, but Winnipeg can be pretty awesome, too, at the same time, if you buy into the market and become part of that city. And for those guys, they're doing it. And if those guys can do it, and especially Hellebuck, who's one of the best in the game and probably could go to free agency and have his pick, of where he wants to go and he chose to lock down to Winnipeg, that's pretty good. And maybe other guys would commit to Winnipeg now that they've done that. I just can't. I just wonder how it feels for Jets fans. Do you feel like the bottom could fall out at any time? Or do you feel confident and secure that you've got a contender until 2031? Because that's how they should feel. But I just don't know because I'm not a Winnipegger. I got a lot of Winnipeg friends, and that's what I'm asking you. How do you feel about this? I'd like to know. I'm genuinely curious. Um, regarding the Stanley Cup playoffs, because it's the big story, which incidentally, we shouldn't be talking about it, but I'm smart enough to know what people want. Like the score app doesn't even have first round matchups yet. I love when they do, and I don't know when they will. Probably March 1st is about the time that they do that every day, right? It moves and we click on them. Right, to see what those playoff matches would be. They haven't started that yet. That's how far out we are offshore. Reg in Winnipeg writes that he says, Boston versus Toronto, first round. The gift that just keeps on giving. Ryan in New York says, it's crazy how wide open the Stanley Cup race is this season, but a lot can change. 
between February 21st and mid-June. It'll be a fun ride, though. Yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot going on. Uh, we will take a timeout. We've covered all hockey. Two topics. When we come back, college football playoffs, Scotty's, Major League Baseball, randoms, whatever the random audience would like to hear. I told you that it'll be the buffet of sports talk, but it's been all hockey. We did. We settled in on the one thing, Darren. We settled in on the one thing of the buffet that we like. We'll spread it out when we come back. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. This is it. It all comes down to this rock. The hours in the gym, the weeks away from my family. This is what I've been training for. And all those voices trying to tear me down. I'm here to silence them. We've given everything we have for a chance to get everything we want. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody. Uh, the time is really now, or at least we're in the nitty-grit. Telemiracle 48 is this weekend. Uh, and by the way, I'll be appearing Saturday night. We're doing a test of the line this afternoon. If you haven't bought your Telemiracle 50-50 tickets yet, what are you waiting for? It's another way to support Telemiracle and also have the chance to win half the jackpot. It's a win-win for Sask residents. Get your tickets now at telemiracle5050.com. If you've already done that, you can jump on the train of our show donation page as well. I think we have the link available if uh, the guys can throw that up. Shattered the total. The 118,930, 126,000. It's going up before our eyes. Where are we going? Higher. Right, Moose? Ring those phones. Ring those phones. And we haven't done this for a long time. Shout outs to viewing audience. I want to say hey to Sherry in Edmonton who's watching right now. She's posted a photo of us to her, Sherry Lacasse, to her Instagram. She's done the photo in black and white, which I think we look better in, Darren, black and white. And uh, <laughs> hey, Sherry. She says, it's been a minute since I tuned these guys in. Well, where you been? We've been here. But I appreciate you, uh, Sherry, taking the photo and uh, watching. Good Edmonton gal. By the way, the big story is such a big story that we spent all of the opening segment on the National Hockey League. But I'm moving on. I want a little bit of your take on this, but not a lot of it, Darren. And the audience, too, if you're into it. But point three here, the 12-team college football playoff is 10 months away from kicking off. The format 
is finally locked in. University presidents unanimously voted and approved one last tweak to increase the number of at-large bids from six to seven. It's like another language for Canadians, the college football talk. The change in the format of the 12-team playoff reserves five spots for conference champions instead of six. The move was prompted by conference realignment and the demise of the Pac-12. The process of expanding the college football playoff from four to 12 teams began in 2019, and they're finally ready to do it in 2024. Do I need to tell you, you probably wouldn't be surprised. It's all the talk around here. I'm driving home from the gym today, Johnny O's, and who's talking about it? Joe Rose, the Dolphins radio color guy, the former Dolphins tight end. He's talking about it for 20 minutes as I'm driving around, and I'm like, nope. I'm not going to get into it because everybody else is. And there's a lot of hockey fans around here that want to talk about what the Panthers and Lightning are doing, and obviously we're on the air in Canada. I know that come next fall, when this kicks off, we'll be talking about it. But it's February. I mean, I just... Joe is the quintessential football guy of all football guys. I don't think I've ever seen him at a Panthers game ever. I think he might have been at one in his life. But how closely are you following college football? Yeah, I'm following this quite closely. Um, it is interesting. Ooh, how about um, that? It's mostly money, obviously, why the conferences are realigning. More TV money in the, in the Big Ten or the SEC. But, you know, as a fan, I'm like, why, why, you know, the demise of the Big 12 now that the 12-team playoff is coming? Because your champion's going to get in. Probably your, your uh, runner-up is going to get in as well. So there's no need to run away from the conference. The conference was pretty good this past year. One of the best in the country, if not the best. Most teams uh, in the top 25. But um, it's going to change college football. Here's how I think it's going to change it. No longer do you need to go 15-0, and 14-1, and 13-2. No longer do you be undefeated to win a national championship or to get into the playoff. It's going to be more like pro football. If you've got two or three I don't know about four losses, but if you got a few losses, you can still get into the playoffs, which allows coaches to, you know, trust the process and develop and not just do everything to win every single game with 12 teams getting in. I think it'll make the sport better. You know what? I'm glad that I brought it up, and I'm glad that you're following it as closely as you are. And having said that, my guy Brent Waltman, who gave me this shirt, this is the name of his boat, Weekend Agenda, Brent writes in from Wellington, Florida. He says, it's about time we will no longer have to listen to the debate for weeks following the playoff announcement. I just need to tell those that aren't into college football something. When the USA Today put out its list of top 10 biggest news stories of the year, not sports, everything, news and sports, Florida State being snubbed from the top four teams, they were fifth was the number one most talked about thing in America all year. News and sports, entertainment, tech. How about that? The snub of the Seminoles. In Canada, by contrast, the number one topic all year, which I got from the Angus Reid poll, and by the way, this is scientific now. It's what got the most clicks. You know that, right? It's not a vote. It's, not, it's scientific. The number one most talked about story in Canada was the rising cost of living groceries, gas, rent, life. But in America, college football is bigger than life. That's a fact, Jack. 
Hot damn! So, now we're going to move on because we're not the college football show. God knows there's enough people talking about that. But here we go. Darren Workman in Utah writes in. He says, in the old format, one loss kept you out of the college football playoff with only four teams. You guys hang on because I believe this is a fact. They're still going to vote on seven of the teams getting in. So the 13, 14, 15 teams will be pissing and moaning just as much as Florida State was. Right? Bingo. You know, if not more, because there's going to be more Bingo. teams in the conversation. So, yeah. We're moving on. Hank Snow. Point four. What I say, this is the golden corral of sports talk. We've moved on from the steak and the shrimp. We're moseying on over to the pasta table. Rachel Holman beat Jennifer Jones 7-5 at the Scotties Tournament Tuesday night. That's the National Women's Curling Championship in Canada. In an entertaining tussle of tough, tight shots, befitting a pair of skips with nine national titles between them. It became a heavily marketed matchup when Curling Canada declared last spring that Holman and Jones had pre-qualified for this year's uh, Scotties based on their Canadian rankings. Rachel Holman's Ontario Foursome is the only unbeaten team in Pool B at 5-0 after wins over Jones and Manitoba's Kate Cameron on Tuesday. Alberta's Selena Sturme has the only other unbeaten team in the field at 5-0 atop Pool A with defending champion Carrie Anderson chasing uh, her at 5-1. The other teams, because we're a national show, they're all paying attention. Quebec's Laurie Saint-Georges and Northern Ontario's Krista McCarville are 3-2. and two. Saskatchewan's Skylar Ackerman, who was on this show two weeks ago, has lost three in a row. She stands at 3-3. Three and three. Manitoba's Caitlin Laws and BC's Corinne Brown are 2-3. and three. Newfoundland's Stacey Curtis 1-4. And, and PEI's Jane DiCarlo is 0-6, rounding out Pool A. So they're going into day six today. That's as much as I'm willing. That's as far down the road as I'm going to go with the Scotties, other than to say that we're following it closely. The cream's rising to the top. And I'll say it again for the benefit of those that weren't watching the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth times that I've said it. I did a banquet, sports banquet, in Paradise Hill, Saskatchewan, with Rachel Holman, Daryl Sutter, Brian Sutter, Chuck Wagon legend, Buddy Benz Miller. And I think that was all of us. And that was the one where Daryl Sutter and I got in the fight on stage, remember? And Brian was sitting in between us. Brian, it was like he was watching a tennis match. Me and Daryl were yelling at each other. And Rachel Holman was there, the three-time national women's curling champion. And I'll never forget. I'm like, she's so cool. And when it was oh, and funny and all these things, and she said to me afterwards, she's like, you know, I was on your side, but I didn't want to piss off Daryl. Thanks for the backup, Rachel. But she's a great, great, great sportswoman, sports person. And to be honest, she's my rooting interest from now on, not just this Scotty's, but forever. Rachel Holman, because she's cool. Yeah. She said she was on my side. Who would want to stand up to Daryl Sutter, by the way? Did, most people don't do that and live. You know, so that's why I'm a Rachel Holman fan. Uh, before I move on to baseball, any thoughts on any of the things that I've just been talking about? Rachel Holman, one thought, watched the game last night. It was the game of the Scotties. Rachel Holman, Jennifer Jones came mm. right down to the 10th Then It was haymaker after haymaker, 2-2, two, two, and Holman made all the shots, including a big one in the 10th end to secure the win. So she's rolling and looking pretty good. Shot, 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 shot. Uh, John Ohm, Ohm, writes in, he says, Winnipeg is so affordable to live than anywhere else in the NHL. No bottom falling out here, Rod. 
Yeah, you say that today, John. You're the most excitable <laughs> person I know. And I know a lot of excitable people. He's got green hair. Moving on. Place line, Glendale, Arizona, point five. There are still some premium free agents available in baseball as the calendar nears March. Two-time Cy Young winner Blake Snell, six-time All-Star J.D. Martinez, and former MVP Cody Bellinger are among the players who haven't found a home yet. Cleveland manager Stephen Vogt said the team is at its best when the best players, sorry, the game is at its best when the best players are on the field, and he hopes those players sign soon. But the sports general managers don't seem particularly concerned with the stalemate. I wouldn't either. It's so different than it used to be. They don't need the money. They can take spring training off. They probably don't want to be part of it anyways. If they're like any athlete I've ever known, they all hate training camp. And a wonderful example is Zach Parisi with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. He sat out all year and waited, as did Patrick Kane and took in hockey and took their choice of where they wanted to sign. That's where we're at now, folks. Now, it's a gamble. Cam Newton's still waiting to sign somewhere. And you get to a point where I don't think you ever do sign, but Delvin Cook, Zeke, it's the way sports is. And before we delve into that, the poll question today has to do with baseball. It's brought to you by the Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, they're driven by safety. Experience peace of mind with our comprehensive multi-point inspections. Visit keyautogroup.ca for automotive excellence. And our poll question is, where will the Blue Jays finish in the American League East this year? First, second, third, or fourth or fifth? And leading the way on the poll, the last I looked was third. By the way, last season, they finished third. And that's what our viewers selected when we did this poll a year ago. 12 games behind the division leading and winning Baltimore Orioles. So I will vote second because John Schneider, the skipper, says they're hungry coming back this year. They've tinkered with their lineup. Um, I don't think losing Whit Merrifield is addition by subtraction, but do we say this is the year? Are we Joe Sixpack and say this is it? If they don't, Vladdy got his money. If they don't step up and produce this year, then I'm never cheering for him again. Maybe that's what I'll say about the Blue Jays. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote second. That's where they're going to be. You? Yeah, I'm good with that. I vote second. Um, this is going to be a big year. I, w I still, you know, everybody kind of jumped off the deep end when Shohei Otani didn't sign and ended up going to the Dodgers. But forget about that. I mean, he's not in your division. He's not in your league. He's in the National League. Um, yeah, you got to play them a little bit. I think it, towards the end of April. But so what? You know, let's uh, get on the bandwagon. They're going to be good. And this is going to be a great year. I don't know if it's a World Series year, but I would expect them to be in the playoffs and be a contender. Second place from both of us. We'll talk about these free agents holding out coming back next hour. I just want to read you this from Don D in Winnipeg. He writes in on the Sober Carpenter non-alcoholic craft beer text line, and he says, Don here. Just getting off work and watching the YouTube channel, and what do I see? Moose in the finest sweater that's ever been worn on this show. Just How about brilliant. That? Go Jets. I know how to suck up to the audience. <laughs> Rod, we lost you. So we'll throw to a break, and Dave Naylor's next, correct? 
Awesome. So Dave uh, Naylor, TSN, logged in, ready to go. He'll be next. Rod's mic will get in. And I really want to hear. I'm going to wait because I need to hear what Rod was trying to say at the end of that. But uh, we'll be back after this timeout. Game Plus TV. We are on the streams, the podcast as well, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube Live. Bingo! Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You can throw the perfect rock and still miss but it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless? or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain. It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me or email petersonrecovery at aol.com. It's never too late. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, everybody. Uh, just a reminder, it's day six at the Scotties, and we'd like to send you to the Briar or see you there, the Montana's Briar, March 1st to the 10th at the Brand Center. Single drive tickets on sale now, ranging in price from $24 to $70, depending on the draw and your seat. Youth tickets, though, $9.99 for all draws. Curling Canada is committed to providing affordable options so the entire family can enjoy this world-class event. Go to curling.ca slash tickets now to get your seats, and we'll see you in the Brand Center. The RP Show will be there. Broadcasting live. All right, Dave Naylor joins us from TSN. I've been dying, David, to ask you this uh, ever since Super Bowl. The question I've been getting a ton is, how was Super Bowl? You were there. I'll ask you that. Uh, the Super Bowl was grandiose, which is the way and the NFL does everything, wrapped in grandiose, which is the way Vegas does everything. Everything was bigger and louder and, frankly, more expensive. Uh, you know, it, it was it was what you would expect. It, it, it really is a, a tremendous spectacle um, seeing the Super Bowl in Vegas. Just tons of people, tons of activity, lots of good entertainment. Yeah, I, I got to say, other than the weather, Vegas gets like, what, 20 rainy days a year? The first three days of Super Bowl week, rain. And after that, cold. But it's an indoor stadium. So we, we got by. Yeah, and then it was cold for the rest of the week. Single dishes, Celsius, folks, pray for us. Huh? But if you, you're a visual guy, what's the one snapshot that you think of Super Bowl 58? What will you remember? Uh, well, I'll tell you a little story. We At the end of, in the fourth quarter, the protocol is if you're doing live broadcasting on the field like we are after the game, you're supposed to go down into like a holding area, you know, where they you kind of watch the game on a monitor. Well, all of us have been in those holding areas before and seen the end of some very dramatic Super Bowls through, like, you know, a small TV in the corner of a room that's about, you know, 90 feet away sometimes. 
So when we were told to kind of go down to the the room, James Duffy took the lead and he said, we're not going. We're staying here. I know a way down to the field. And as long as we do time this right, we can stay here in the bowl and watch the game. So myself, James, Farhan Lalji, Luke Wilson, and David Sanchez all stood like at the rail of the of the 300 level or whatever, watched Patrick Mahomes throw the ball to McCole Hardman and did a pivot and go down the stairs, beating 62,000 people uh, out of the stadium. We had to actually briefly go outside of the stadium, re-enter it, made it back onto the field afterwards. So watching, it was just so weird because like as soon as Hardman caught the ball, we just we we got we were gone. That so that is literally my last image of, of the game. Uh, what a rebel, that James Duffy. And good for him uh, for knowing that little trick of Allegiant Stadium. David, on the topic of football, you are also the CFL guy. It's free agency's cooled now. It's been over for about a week. What are your thoughts yep. uh, on the three-down league leading up to the draft? Not a lot's going to go on here. The, the coaching staffs have all been named. The uh, free agency's over. What are your thoughts right now as we sit here mid-February? You know, I... I... I was surprised a little bit that Winnipeg was able to get Schoen and Oliveira back both at 2.30. I mean, those are, I think it was really important for them because so much of the conversation around the Bombers is they're getting older, they're getting older, same guys. So if you're having the conversation around the Bombers of, you know, they're getting too old, they're getting older, how do you let two guys 26 and 27 go out the door? Guys that weren't even part of this dynasty when it began if you call it that certainly getting the great cups it's a dynasty uh, i thought ottawa did well you know adding sort of they had four things on their list you know quarterback big play receiver offensive line coverage linebacker boom 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 they got four of those um you know I, I, there was there was nothing there was no sort of eyebrow raising i would think most of the contracts last year this year in free agency came in under what we expect them right we've had the last few years where there was the Geno Lewis contract or uh, the Kenny Lawler contract or, you know, a few others that have kind of like raised our eyebrows. This, I would say, for the most part, most of the deals came in under what we would have expected, you know, including, you know, Tim White's deal that was, uh, you know, kind of the last one to fall. And he comes in, you know, kind of in the two to 250 range, uh, you know, with some, some incentives played in there. So, I mean, look, Toronto, you know, lost a ton of players. We knew they were going to do that. I think they're one of the most intriguing teams just because of how dominant they were last year and how much now their uh, their their roster has been raked over and they made some choices to keep guys. They made some choices to let guys walk. Uh, that's an intriguing for me one for me as well. You know, it's interesting. Three Down Nation had as their power rankings leader this week the Argos. I see the Vegas, uh, or the, the Bet Regal favorite to win the Grey Cup. The outright right now is Winnipeg. And Montreal's the defending champion. They're like fourth or fifth. So that's kind of interesting. That, that kind of screams CFL, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I, I think Winnipeg does look like the dominant team in the West again. And look, I. It's always funny because we always have this fun at TSN, right? We look back at what we said on the preview shows, <laughs> you pull clips and, and things like that. I mean, it's, it's funny. Do you think of last year, you know, the Argos had been, uh, were the defending Grey Cup champs. They opened at home against Hamilton as underdogs and then blew them out, right? Just because people weren't convinced on Chad Kelly. So the weird thing last year is I, I believe somebody sent me this. Every once in a while, you get a fan who sends you something, and it's actually like, wow, I, I didn't have that. It was in the nine-team CFL, 
I don't believe there had ever been two years where the standings were identical, one through four, one through five in the two divisions. It had happened in the eight-team CFL times, you know, and, and Ottawa was out of the league. There were a couple of times. So we had an identical carbon copy league, which is not usually what happens. As you say, usually it's the unpredictable. You had the same three teams miss the playoffs, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, and Ottawa. And in Saskatchewan's case, you saw them repeat after Labor Day what had happened the year before. So there was a lot of repetition last year in the CFL. If you were somebody who was banking on the same thing happening, you would have come pretty close, short of Montreal winning the Grey Cup. I think Montreal still has a bit of prove it because they weren't the dominant team. You know, they they won. You know, they they won in the playoffs. They they beat Hamilton comfortably. They shocked Toronto and they made the play at the end. But I don't know if people say you know they're definitely the dominant team. I think people still lean in Toronto because of what 16 years. Uh, man, we could go longer, but you're getting choppy there, Dave. I appreciate that. We certainly got uh, the point of it, and I'm sure Montreal's just fine going under the radar as far as predictions go uh, in February. David, thanks for the time, man. Uh, catch up with you soon. TSN's Dave Naylor, uh, which is unfortunate because we usually have a pretty good connection with him, but I think we got the most out of the way. And I had to go back and think for a second. Did you hear what he said? The standings were identical from 2022 to 2023. Never before happened in CFL history, and a fan uh, informed him of that. Also quite Nostradamic-like as well was Matt Dunnigan. I, I wanted to say to Dave, obviously I don't think he would have heard it, but Matt Dunnigan called that Grey Cup matchup in June. If you watch the show every day, you know that. And I thought that was godlike too, but that's Matt Dunnigan for you. One of the greatest guys I know. We'll be back with audience takeover and a sports update right after this. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You can throw the perfect rock and still miss. But it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Hey, everybody, if you can believe, because I almost can't, today's show has gone exactly the way I wanted it to, exactly the way I had it scripted, and that is a North America-wide audience talking about a variety of topics, and they're all engaged. I can't believe it. So just on the Jets thing, we did talk a lot about the Winnipeg Jets earlier, and they whomped on Minnesota 6-3 yesterday. And I just said, how's it going over in Winnipeg? Because there are certain fan bases, and I'm not sure that Winnipeg's won, but they can't stand success. Ryder fans are like that. Are Jets fans? I don't know. And 
the point being, Hellebuck and Shifley have signed seven-year deals, so they're going to be a contender until 2031. How is that going over? John Ohm, Ohm writes in, and he says, Rod, read the Kevin Shovel Day Off article on Thursday's The Athletic and get back to me on the future of the Jets. Boom. I don't need to read the article. If you recall, I'm the one that was on the Jets train and the Chevy train way back when. When everybody wanted Shovel Day off fired and Paul Maurice fired. And by the way, people wanted Rick Bonus fired. And they were winning with Scott Arneal when Bones was not on the bench. So don't bring him back. And bye-bye. Yeah, no, I've always been on the Jets bandwagon. I'm not saying you're not, John, but not everybody is. Let's not forget, what they lose five in a row here a while back? And people went insane. So that's my point. I'm just wondering how that all is going over. I don't need to read the articles. I watch the games. That's enough for me. And I have those press box conversations like last night. And you got to separate a lot of what you hear. I take it all in. I don't believe all of it. Last night I heard in the press box here with Ottawa here in town that Jacob Chikrin is on the trading block for the Ottawa Senators. And for those Ottawa fans that are listening and watching, they're like, what? Well, number one, everybody's on the trade block, so you can thank Wayne Gretzky for that, or Peter Pocklington, as it were. Number two, I'm going to be with Jacob Chikram's dad, Jeff, and his grandfather this afternoon when we tape our Cats and Bolts podcast. So I'm going to ask Jeff Chikram if it's true that his son is on the trade uh, uh, block for Ottawa, and we'll see. Now, the other thing, we talked about the college football playoff. Going to 12 teams, they're going to have five conference champions in the 12, and then seven... Can we say elected teams, highest ranked teams outside the conference championships? Jim, Jersey Jim's watching in New Jersey. And he writes in and says college football is heading to a two conference down the road, similar to the NFL. We will see a three loss team make the playoffs this year. Championship games won't matter as much. Same as end of season, uh, end of season games. So... I didn't think that it would resonate as much as it has that college football discussion. But we talk more and more and more Winnipeg stuff because uh, Winnipeg's number two for viewership of this show. And for a time last summer, it was number one Winnipeg for viewership of this show. Sports update on this Wednesday. Former Blue Jays pitcher Hin Jin Ru looks set to return to South Korea after 10 years in MLB. Korean media is reporting that the 36-year-old Ryu is rejoining his former club, the Hanwha Eagles. Will he be reuniting with the big donger there, Clark? The lefty played six seasons for the Dodgers in four years with the Blue Jays. The big donger! That's what I thought. Two men have been charged with murder in last week's shooting after the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Court documents released Tuesday say the men were strangers who pulled out guns and began firing within seconds of starting an argument. The shooting left one person dead and roughly two dozen others injured. Sports updates brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. When we talk hockey, it's for Common Crown. And also for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, the movie Argyle, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston, and John Cena. An introverted spy novelist is drawn into the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. Check it out, Argyle, in Landmark Cinemas now. Hour two coming up after this brief pause on Game Plus and Key Radio.